Hello and welcome to a very sleepy Sunday edition of the Third Shift Football Podcast. This time we'll be taking a look at Sunday Night Football, talking about our biggest games of the week, and just really celebrating that the NFL is back. Except for the kickers. Hey everybody, how are you doing on this beautiful Sunday night or whenever you're listening to it? Welcome back to the Third Shift Football Podcast. I am Josh Atkins with Neil Tarver. And Neil, I know we're a little tired because it's quarter after 11 here on the East Coast, but um, what a great week one of games, right? Outside, you know, Monday Night Football, we haven't gotten there yet, but hey, I thought the games this week were great, except for the one we just finished watching. Uh, it wasn't necessarily the cleanest football in the world, but there was a lot of close, fun games this week. And you know what? I'm down for that for week one being back. Also, there was a kicker anarchy, which is always. You tra- stop trying to steal colleges thunder NFL. No, they said, hold my beer. We're going to show you how we properly do it. How we properly fuck up the special teams game. Yes. So Neil's going to take us through the latest news from injuries, which there was a couple of big ones that. Uh, we might have to wait until Monday to get more information. So, Neil, go ahead. Uh, yeah, we're just going to do a quick rundown. Um, Mac Jones suffered a back injury today against the Dolphins. Uh, we'll maybe get some more info on Monday. Uh, TJ Watt, believed to be a torn pectoral, got injured today. Uh, T. Higgins in the same game also got a pretty big injury. Um, and the Monday and the Sunday night game, uh, Chris Godwin. Godwin got hurt in that game. Donovan Smith left that game. And uh, we'll probably have a little more in-depth look at this tomorrow. Yeah. So, we'll, uh, of course, we're letting you know that we're doing an episode three times a week, Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night. Um, but, Neil, I, I kind of want to switch gears last second on you. I don't want to start with Sunday night football because that egregious. And we'll, we'll, we'll do that one last. How about that? <laughs> sure. That's so, fine. We're going to start the game with a tie because, you know, what is the NFL without a little anarchy without a tie? Neil, what did you say on Thursday when we previewed the Colts-Texans game? I believe the very first thing I said was jokingly, well, how are you going to fuck it up this year? And the Colts, they didn't quite finish the fuck up, but who boy. So, for all of you that didn't watch the Colts game, I'm going to tell you where some of these players finished at as far as stats-wise. Matt Ryan led the day with 352 passing yards. Jonathan Taylor led all rushers with 161 rushing yards, I believe. I don't think that was top. And then Michael Pittman was top 10 with 121 receiving yards. The Colts still tied. They were actually down 20-3 to going into the fourth quarter. And then they made a miraculous comeback, which, you know, they'd be like, oh, we should probably try and beat the Texans. And it would be advisable. Their kicker misses a 42-yard field goal to win in overtime. The Texans, instead of going for on fourth and three at the 45, I think, the Colts 45, yep. they punt. Oh, they should have surrendered. <laughs> and now we have a tie. But this is important. And this is why it's one of our top four games. The tech, the Titans lost, which we'll do ne- tomorrow, and the Jaguars lost to the Commanders. 
Your AFC South leaders are 0-0-1. The AFC South managed to not win any games today, and two of their teams played each other, which is quite amazing. It's um, glorious. Yeah, but I mean, there's there's some part of the, another reason this is part of our games. This is we need to talk about Indy because this is an opponent they should have put away easily. Now it's week one, and week one is an anarchy factory. That's just how it is. But this team was not impressive today. They just they couldn't finish drives. They weren't getting pressure on the Texans. They weren't forcing turnovers or getting big stops or they just they weren't making the big plays for most of the day. Now they did turn around the fourth quarter a bit, but then in overtime, they just couldn't get things done. It's a lot of the same problems we kind of were looking at with the Colts going into this. I mean, no dynamic playmakers on the outside, a lack of a pass rush, a, the, a questionable secondary outside of Stefan Gilmore and all those problems kind of rid their heads today. Yeah. And I mean, that as, as a Colts fan, and as somebody that tries to be as fair as possible, they played their starters a lot in the preseason to avoid this type of game. And then you you just didn't show up. Like the old line didn't play well. Now Houston's defense, I think, is better than what we thought, which is pretty impressive. I thought Davis Mills had some moments that he played well, but he still only had a 46.2 QBR. That's not yeah, very good. He's also somewhat hamstrung by the fact he has one receiver in Brandon Cooks. So, like, look, I like Brandon Cooks. He's a great player, but he's not an entire fucking receiving. Well, O.J. Howard, two catches, two touchdowns doesn't impress you? Two catches is the thing there. You're right. A red zone, a red zone, a red zone weapon is a wonderful thing, but you have to get to the fucking red zone first. Yeah, I mean, I'm super concerned. Like, I was tweeting. You can find me at jackins93. I went and Frank Ryan and Chris Ballard fired. And I'll say this. If they don't beat Jacksonville in Florida in week two next Sunday, their seat's going to get really warm. They might get Scott Frosted. I don't think it'll be a Scott Frost situation, but I think their seats are hot. Where if they don't win the division after the Titans lay a nay against the Giants, you know, it's just not good. No, no, it's not. And, like, I know you're saying, like, oh, it's a good thing for the Colts because they didn't lose today, but they also didn't win today. And that's – they could have been a game up on the entire division after today. But instead, they blew it. I mean, they didn't lose, but they didn't win either, and I deduct points for that. So it's just – You can, but I will argue this. I think the tie is fine. Without It's the tie, better than a loss. Without the tie, the Steelers still make the playoffs last year. And you're right. So that's why it's it's not the end of the world. It's just slightly embarrassing. And yeah, you know but what? you still should have won this game. And that's that's oh, I'm my not takeaway. disagreeing with that. They definitely should have won the game. 100%. So um, that was the first game that went to overtime. Here's the other one that went to overtime. And neither team wanted to win until the Steelers said, you know what, we'll go win this game. Um, Chris Boswell finally went, oh, so that's – oh, that – I kick it like – Oh, and then nailed you. This game was um, – I'm a little concerned about Cincinnati, and I try not to overreact to week one. I really try not to. But, dear God, I'm a really concerned about this offensive line they spent a lot of money on. Yeah, it's a little hard not to overreact to the – to how bad that O-line looked this week because it, it looked abysmal. I mean – just they were getting constant pressure 
uh, TJ Watt was eating fucking Leo Collins, so they just signed the offseason. He was eating him alive. Um, I mean, they gave up seven sacks, like seven sacks in this game. They they got to Burrow seven times, and that doesn't even count like the fumbles or like some of the four like the some of the pressures they got that forced incompletions and just the big weakness for the Bengals last season was of course the O line. So they really really tried to fix that, and it didn't look like they did much. And I know it's the Steelers D line that's really good, but it was still an abhorrent amount of pressure. And then you combine that with the fact that the Bengals could not fucking would stop turning over the ball. I mean, the Bengals, for large parts of this game, were the better team. They outgained them 432 yards to 267. The Pittsburgh's offense was not great in this game. They got 32 first downs to Pittsburgh's 13. They ruled the time of possession, like 43 minutes to 26 minutes. Like, they, in more ways than one, were the better team in this game. But shit O-line play and lax ball security doomed them. And you got to wonder if... I don't think the O line be bad this year, but if this O line is just even seventy five percent as bad as it showed today, that's going to be an issue. They won't win the division. I'll just be blunt and honest right there. I mean, I know the Ravens beat the Jets on this Sunday, but man, I mean, the Browns got a huge win on the road in Carolina. We'll bring those two games to you after Monday Night Football, but. Oh man, I, I also felt like Joe Burrow was a little cocky today. I, I just I didn't like his uh, demeanor in the pocket or on the f- sideline. I was like, "Dog, I know you all got to the Super Bowl. That's really impressive, but this is a new year, and maybe that's what this team is struggling. They're riding off the high of last year, thinking it's gonna be the same. Where it's it's a new year, it's a new team. It's not the same as last year. You have to wash that away. Where I think the Steelers did that, and while their offense was lackluster. It was enough to win. Yeah, you got to give some credit to Trubisky. He was making those splash plays, which were fucking gone from the Steelers last year. It was not good overall. Like they, their O line's better, but it's still not great. Uh, they were only averaging like four point nine yards per pass. The rushing game was not there at all. It wasn't a great effort, but there was just enough there. And they had some big plays. That little flea flicker in the first half to mm-hmm. get them when the Rangers score that touchdown. Uh, no, the field goal. Sorry, to give them the field goal. And they had a couple of splash plays where, like, Big Ben wasn't making those. So Trubisky has somewhat raised the level of this offense, but I'm still worried about it going forward if they're not dominating opponents defensively like they kind of were in this game and forcing five turnovers and getting seven sacks. I mean, that's going to be an issue going forward, especially with T.J. Watt potentially out for an extended period of time with a poor pectoral. Right, and just, his MRI is on Monday. We'll have more information for you on our next episode. That's super concerning. I mean, he was dis- destroying Collins. Oh, game wrecker. I mean, there was a there was a handoff in this game where he literally met the point of the handoff in the backfield. That's how dominant he was in this game. He had a pick. He basically forced a fumble. Like, he was all over the goddamn place. Like, oh, it was... I do want to say... Um... If you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, it's very encouraging that your receiving core was putting in work today. Jamar Chase, 10 catches, 129 yards, had a touchdown. Joe Mixon even had seven catches for 63, ran it 27 for 82. Uh, Tyler Boyd was fine. T. Higgins were a little worried about, as we mentioned already. Um, so it's there. It's just the offensive line has to be better because Joe Burrow's not like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, or Lamar. He's not – 
quite as elusive in the pocket. He's a bit more of a statue, and you need to be able to protect him at all times. Yeah, I always comp him to Drew Brees. He's a lot more like Drew Brees, and that's good, but I mean, Burrow's good, but part of this game was on him today. I'm sorry. Like, he he tried to force some balls. Yeah, I, I, I feel like, like he was cocky. He had four picks. Like Joe, what the fuck are you doing? Like, one of those was, like, triple covered. The other one, he underthrew a guy, and like, the other receiver took it. Except one of them, there was pressure. But, like, the very first one, he tries to force this ball into, I think it was Jamar on the outside. Yeah, yeah. And the safeties, like, Bika Fitzpatrick's right over him. Like, Joe, what the fuck are you thinking is going to happen there? It was just a weird performance. Maybe this is a wake-up call for them. It's week one. We don't want to panic too much, but this was not a good game by the Bengals. And if you're – but, if, yeah, it's not a good game Bengals. If you're a Steelers fan, nice, great. Another shock win to open the air. There are some concerns there, though. Absolutely. So they won 23-20. Let's go to our third game, which we both called this being a good game. We think we think highly of both teams. And that was the Eagles-Lions. What an absolute thrilling shootout game. If you had the over, congratulations, it hit. 38-35 Eagles. Neil, what was your takeaway? Uh, my takeaway was uh, there was two things, two main things. And they're mostly from the Eagles side because the Lions kind of are who I thought they were. Um, good O-line, good run game. Somewhat limited by Jared Goff not being the best in the world, but and shit defense, except for Aiden Hutchinson, it looked great today. My takeaways from the Eagles side is one: I thought you fixed this in the off season. I thought you signed uh, two new linebacker. You you drafted Nakobe Dean. You signed some linebackers. You drafted Jordan Davis to fill up the middle and stop teams from rushing for a hundred and fucking forty four yards on your ass. Well, that was just DeAndre Swift. I know. Sorry, let me pull up the actual 181 is the total. Yeah, you allowed him to run for 6.5 yards per carry. I mean, DeAndre Mm. Swift was averaging almost 10 yards a pop on the ground. I mean, that is – I thought you fixed this, so that's worrying. And number two, they looked great offensively. Um, A.J. Brown. (laughs) He has made the world of a difference for Jalen Hurts, but – And they ran like crazy, but I think this game was another – was a sign of this team's ceiling is Jalen Hurts' ceiling as a passer. Yes. Because Jalen Hurts was fine today, 18 of 32 for 243 yards. He had some nice scrambles on the ground with his legs, but there were just times where it's like, you've got to either choose to throw, you've got to make a better throw, and you just, you've got to be better as a pure quarterback for this team to really go places. Now the NFC East doesn't look great this year, but for them as a contender, they have the roster. They have potentially the defense. Potentially the defense if if it can get shit together against the run. They have the offensive weapons with uh, Miles Sanders, KJ Brown, Dallas Goddard. But it's all going to rest on Jalen. And yeah. I think that's going to be their theme of the season going forward. And there were some throws that you really like. And then there was like, oh, God. What are we doing? So, yeah, but he's already better than last season, and they didn't have A.J. Brown. Well, even if he's the same as last season, you're right. Adding A.J. Brown makes them a much deadlier team than they were last year, and they were a playoff team last year, a seven seed, but still a playoff team. So that's good, but you would like to see more from him. Um, I would like to see more from the defense, but, you know, they they took care of business on the road against a tough and a, a tough Lions team with a invigorated home crowd. So good on the Eagles and good on the Lions for putting it, putting, blech, scaring the shit out of them. I did like Detroit fighting and staying in the game. That's a good sign for a young team. 
And I think if you're a Lions fan, you need to be encouraged by that. Yes, you would love to win the game. But you're not supposed to make the playoffs. Let this talent develop, tank, and try to get one of these two studs from college and C.J. Stroud in. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a very tired addition. <laughs> uh, Bryce, um, Bryce Young. Gosh, words are hard today. Anyway, so Eagles 138-35, uh, impressive win on the road. Let's go to our other game, the Packers-Vikings, which – I got this one wrong. I got this one very wrong. Uh, America did. And um, we apologize to Justin Jefferson. And Justin Jefferson alone because Jesus Christ. <laughs> that boy had nine catches for 184 yards with two tutties. Not one, but two. And he, he was... has 64-yard catch. Like he, You can't cover him. Like I think I, there is no disrespect to Randy Moss, but he's the modern-day Randy Moss. He yeah. is. He was – he was dominant today. I mean, there was there was times where I'm pretty sure they had someone covering him, and it just looked like he was uncovered the entire play. And he he just tore apart the Packers secondary. I mean, it makes you almost makes you forget that Jair Alexander's on this fucking team. Um, they yeah, they couldn't do much of anything. Their pass rushers are only getting home. They couldn't cover Justin Jefferson, and it kind of allowed the Vikings to do a lot of what they wanted. They rushed for 126 yards. They threw for 269. Kirk looked decent today because he yeah, I thought Kirk was really good. Pocket. I, yeah, I felt like Kirk really was reading the defense pre-snap and knew exactly where he was going, which he should do. But he actually did it, and that's a credit to him. Yeah, their new their their O line held up today. Their new look D line for Minnesota looked better today. Zadarius Smith got a sack on his former team, and they looked pretty decent. But on the other side of the ball, ooh, those those you know, issues we were having with their receiving core seemed to really rear their head today. You know, I want to give the benefit of the doubt to the Packers because this same type of thing happened last season against the Saints. I'm not sure I can give them a pass. I'm a little worried. Well, their like, O-line looked bad, and that's a problem with an older quarterback and not a great receiving game. You need to lean a little more in your running game. And they kind of did. They 18 rushes for 111 yards. That's 6.2 a pop. But they didn't really get it that involved. And then on the offensive side, like they just had no – they had no – until Jordan Love came in in garbage time, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense through the air were averaging 5.7 yards through the air. And that is – no bueno. Because um, he had no one to fucking throw to. And here's the other problem with that. Why is Aaron Jones only touching the ball eight times? That is a good question. He's their best playmaker. It's not even close. He needs to touch the ball probably 20 times. Just being realistic. Like, they don't have a, re- a receiver. Like, Lazard was out. He's probably their best receiver. That's not Sammy Watkins. And he's he didn't look good today. He looks really slow. Um, I mean, A.J. Dillon's fine. But I'm a little worried. That's why you don't trade Devontae Adams and you make that deal done. Yeah. he had a great game for the Raiders today. And he did. And it's just – and if you're going to do it, at least you got a hit on his replacement. Romeo Dobbs came on strong a little late, but, like, Christian Watson wasn't doing shit today. So you've got a hit on that, but they got rid of their best weapons and then both him and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and then did nothing to help. Then they depreciated on the O-line. It's just, 
what the fuck are you doing, Green Bay? Yep. So they uh, take an early loss, which is big for the Vikings when it comes to division standings later down the road. They can at least split with the Packers and maybe win the division. I don't know, but I am over. I I don't want to be overreacting to the Packers, but I am a little concerned about how they looked offensively. Defensively, you can shore up the openness, open uh, holes that Justin Jefferson took advantage of. They only gave up 23 points, so their defense did hold up in the red zone. But – and that'd be the thing with the Vikings is they need to convert into red zone a bit better and not sell for field goals. Yeah, their offensive line was better, but not necessarily great today. So there's stuff to improve on, but a good win for them. And let's go to our last game, which is Sunday Night Football, um, which I don't even know if this was really a game. It was a game. It was Was close until the third quarter. And even then, it was only a 16-point game, technically. Kind of, maybe. I mean, that's what I finished, 19-3 Tampa Bay. Um, The big headline, though, is going to be Dak Prescott's hand. Now, he heard it after they were down 16. Yeah, this game was not going well before that. It's still going to be the headline because there's no way that Cooper Rush is the better option for them going forward. But, yeah, this was rough. Like, Cowboys had a lot of unnecessary penalties. That's all coaching. I thought Dak Prescott has really regressed the past year and a half, and that's super concerning because he has three years left on his deal. Like, what does Dallas do? They can't run the ball. Like, well, they can, but if they get behind, they can't run the ball. They didn't have Michael Gallup, so all they really have was C.D. Lamb and and Dalton Schultz. Tony Potter can't pass protect. They're kind of in trouble. And and Tampa didn't really play that well. Yeah, Tampa, Tampa looked okay offensively for most of the game, but they just couldn't finish drives, which is a testament to the Cowboys' defense. They they got some timely sacks. They forced some incompletions. They did – Dallas's defense wasn't terrible in this game. I wouldn't say they were totally amazing, but they weren't terrible in this game. But the offense just could never get anything going, so, to your point. Breaking, I, and I don't know what the fix is. Breaking news, uh, Jerry Jones tells reporters, Dak Prescott will undergo hand surgery and will miss several weeks. That is not good. For There's the your season. Yeah, because I mean, Dak didn't look great tonight. But you, you think he's worse than Cooper Rush? No, no, yeah, not not even this version. I mean, I want to go through your schedule. I don't even know how many weeks it's going to be. It's probably what four to six weeks. I would conservatively say several means that. So they play the Bengals, the Giants, the Commanders, the Rams, the Eagles, and the Lions in the next. They may not win games. a game. Yeah, their defense their defense was good enough tonight that they might be able to stick in some games, but it's concerning, especially if their offense is going to look like this, which I don't really see a reason why I wouldn't. Yeah, Michael Gallup coming back will help, but their O-line didn't look particularly great tonight, especially with Connor McGovern going down, which I forgot to mention at the top. Um, they, you're right, the run game never got going. Their blitz pickups were bad. They were just not making good throws. It's the Cowboys looked bad tonight and to a worrying degree. And if Dak is out for several weeks, the season could be over before he even fucking gets started. Um, on the other side of the field, what more can we say about Tom Brady? I don't think he was this sharp tonight. He missed a couple. No, of no, girls. no. It's just he he still has zip. Yeah, he should not be doing what he's doing at fucking 45. It's incredible. Like Peyton Manning had a noodle arm at 38. Yeah, yeah, he was done. Like he was throwing ducks all over the field. Meanwhile, 
Tom is zipping deep balls down the line. It's insane. You got to credit his work ethic. I mean, Julio Jones looked pretty solid for the Buccaneers tonight. Uh, Leonard Fournette was a monster. Mike Evans was a monster. Uh, Chris Godwin getting hurt again is not good, but they're kind of so deep at receiver. Something to monitor going forward. Donovan Smith went down in that already patchwork Bucks line, who played okay tonight. They got a great push in the run game. With him going down, that's something to monitor going forward because Brady's not an escape artist. No, no. So, I mean, the Bucks win. If you're a Tampa fan, you're happy about that. But, man, big news out of Dallas with Dak Prescott having hand surgery. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Well, yeah, anyway. I think that wraps it up for tonight, right? Yeah. Um, again, uh, we're going to try and bring you three episodes a week. We're going to try our best to do that. Despite if unless we have something going on, we'll give you a heads up. And then we will be back tomorrow night. And bring you the latest on Monday Night Football from Seahawks Broncos. Russell Wilson goes back to Seattle after being traded in the offseason and the rest of the games from week one. So until then, I hope you enjoyed the show. You can find us on most podcast platforms and on Twitter. Have a great night, everybody. Bye. Hope you all enjoyed having the NFL be back. Yes, thank goodness. Have a good day. Peace.